Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both Snooze Fest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Monica is a mother of four, a surrogate, an RN maternity nurse, certified newborn care specialist, and inventor of the Butterfly Swaddle, which is a newborn swaddle and transitional sleep training system all in one. Monica, welcome to the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. Thank you so much, Jean, for inviting me. This is really exciting and I'm I feel really honored to have this opportunity. (laughs) Sure. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about you and maybe share a little bit about your career path and what ultimately led you to invent the butterfly swaddle. (laughs) Yes, um, I'd love to share that. So, I mean, to make a long story short, really, I was lucky enough to uh, come across what it is that my passion was going to be, which was having my child at 19. And uh, my first beautiful daughter, uh, I was exposed to the whole world of maternity and caring for people with newborns. And I knew immediately uh, that that's where that's where I was going to pursue my uh, career. And so shortly after she was old enough, I, I went right back to school and I pursued and have always worked in maternity, OB, postpartum. Um, labor and delivery, NICU, and well baby nursery. So I've always worked with uh, new families, new babies. And after a decade of uh, doing all of that, it, over a decade really of w- working in the hospital care, I just really wanted to focus in on the care of people and teaching them how to care for their newborns. And I felt like I was just so taken away from my focus, from my passion with all of the bureaucracy, all of the paperwork, all of the other hospital related things that I needed to tend to. And I never really felt unless it was really slow that I could focus in on my care uh, and the teaching. And so oftentimes I did feel like I didn't do my job completely because parents were going home with their new babies and they, you could see they were, you know, completely scared uh, that they were taking this little child home and they didn't feel prepared. So with the support of the doctors and the uh, relationships I had developed over the years, I was able to start my own private business um, in caring for newborns and new parents. So uh, as as we know, um, a big, huge part of, uh, I thought initially, actually, I should start with, I thought it was going to be postpartum care where I was going to take care of new parents, help them recover and just go through the steps of how to care for your newborn. And it quickly came to my <laughs> attention that most people were hiring you until you were able to sleep train their babies. They wanted you to stay until you had their baby sleeping through the night. And so a huge tool became using swirls to help those babies learn how to how to sleep. And so what was it about other swaddles that like what wasn't working that led you to ultimately create your own product? And then I guess tell us a little bit about the butterfly swaddle, what it looks like, how it works, and why it's sort of 
superior or more effective than other swaddles that were on the market before yours? I think, um, you know, working with dozens of different swaddles and at the beginning, I, you know, I used whatever the clients would have for me. And then I learned that I had my favorite, my favorites, and I still had to focus in on finding something that was easy enough for the new parent to feel comfortable using, um, especially when I wasn't there, um, but also something that worked for both those early stages when we know that the babies are more malleable and they're, you can just kind of do whatever you want, even with a loose receiving blanket and they'll stay. And then as shortly thereafter, they transition into needing something that works a little bit better because they break right out of it. And I found myself using two main ones. And those two favorite ones that I used had uh, the first six weeks, for example, one was good for, and then the babies would start breaking out of that one. And then I had to go on to the next one. So between the two of them, I came up with a swaddle that I felt got rid of the least favorite attributes of both of those uh, designs and still hopefully stayed easy enough um, for parents to use. And it, it worked, you know, it worked as a one system. So you could use it from the beginning, from small stage all the way through and not have to buy a transitional system, um, which was like, you know, the, what we all know as the loose, but slightly uh, slows the startle reflex at the end. Uh, end stage when they're just about to roll over or they're ready to not be swaddled. Um, and so what my swaddle has is not only does it have an incredible um, material, breathable bamboo and organic cotton, it has mesh wings, which allows for it to be used as a transitioning system. So first there's the outer wrap and the outer wrap allows for the baby to have the full swaddle arms in or out. And when the baby's arms are within that cocoon, it's as similar as possible to the womb because it still allows for what people like to say is a straight jacket, but yet it's not because it pushes, you could push and pull and allow the baby to get comfortable within the wrap, even when the arms are in. And then um, you take it off because it's fully removable. And I have to boast about the fact that the Velcro-like material is completely soft and silent. And it's, it holds, it really is magical. It holds as though you are using Velcro, um, but yet when you peel it off, it makes no noise at all. So it's like this buttery soft velvet material. So you remove that. And then my own patent is the mesh butterfly like wings that are underneath the sleeves of the suit to the sleep suit. And those mesh wings have the ability to hold down the sterile reflex really gently while they're learning to control their arms during that phase of transition. So you remove the wrap, the mesh wings kick in, and they once they can get the control to get those little hands up to their face and actually want to use those hands properly without scratching and grabbing their face, they are able to. So, you know, they can self-soothe. You don't have to buy another system. And at the end of it, they're getting ready to roll over. They've already learned how to sleep and nap and they're ready for no sleep suit at all and the sleep sack stage for the wearable sleep sack um, blanket. That's amazing. I have so many questions and I'm going to like try and keep myself organized because I feel like that was such a good rundown and it made me think of so many things that I want to ask you. Like, for example, like, how did you even know about this material that would allow you to have the the like silent Velcro, like, you know, that was a material, you didn't invent that material, that that material existed, right? But yes. like, did you know about that from another product? Or did like, did you come across that in your research? Oh, my gosh. So 
Coming from the standpoint of zero clue to materials or designing or seems my mom was as close as it was going to get if I had till this day, if I had a hole in something, you know, for my children's clothing that they wanted to keep, it went to her. Like she was the more of the homemaker type who who could do those types of things. Um, so yes, it was a huge learning curve. Um, learning, I, I over the period of three years, really, I ordered many materials. Um, I definitely knew that because of my client base and knowing the delicate nature of newborns, I knew that I needed it to be organic and I knew that I needed it to be gentle and as hypoallergenic as possible. So I definitely focused in on the bamboo material um, and then organic cotton came to play because between the two of them, it allowed for the material to have a slightly more lush, luxurious feel, more plush feel to it. So it had more quality. Um, and when they were woven together, it created that perfect uh, thickness that wasn't too thick, still breathable. So I, I had to find a balance. I mean, the more uh, cotton was in there, the thicker it got. The less cotton, it was too viscous, too bamboo. So I felt like it was too artificial feel feeling. And so finally, after many, many reach outs to different factories, I did find one company who made the perfect organic cotton and the perfect bamboo. And we blended it to the point where we got 5% elastane to allow for the stretch, but still have that perfect breathable chemistry between the two materials. So it was a lot of trial and error and a lot of false people giving me material that they claimed was so, but was not. <laughs> so that, that was all, it's, mm -hmm. it's really wild to think about mm -hmm. sort of like where you started and where you are now and all of the trial and error and all of the sort of stuff that you had to figure out on your own. As I'm interviewing you, I'm thinking like most listeners have most likely never invented or brought a product to market before, right? Like everybody's listening to this and like, wow, how did she do this? And, you know, it just seems like a totally huge undertaking. I'm wondering sort of what were your initial challenges? What did it look like in the beginning? Walk us through from like, idea to product what did that look like for you to figure it out and then also like implement like create this thing from nothing i mean i have to say that i'm a little bit my personality is a little bit like once i've decided it takes me a minute to get comfortable with something but once i've decided and i'm passionate about it if i really believe in it you just have to do and take opportunities how they come. And so in my case, it was coming home, being really tired, probably being somewhat frustrated by the swaddles that I was using. And um, I found that I, I had like that open conversation with my family about what I wanted. I wish there was a swaddle. And it just suddenly dawned on me that I needed to create my own swaddle and that this was actually really realistic. So I went to drawing. The very next day, I went to baby stores trying to see the different materials and um, piecing things together, uh, my idea and just taking loose fabrics that I could create to be that mesh wing that attached and figuring out what the right stretch in the material was for that too is really important. As far as the Velcro material was concerned, I went through several different Velcro manufacturers, by the way, like I needed it to be thinner and thinner and quieter and quieter. I did not know that this uh, closure fabric existed. And so honestly, like six months before I was ready to finally like move forward with the factory process, I came across uh, this fabric and they did not reply to me. They took forever. I was like, this can't be that good. 
if this were that good, it would already exist here. Other people would be using it. Um, and of course I had to try it because I'm not going to use this. So I got to a point where there's this very thin plastic Velcro that doesn't make so much noise and it's made by a doll maker or it was used by a doll maker. So he sent it forward. And that was what I ultimately created my very last swaddle with. Um, so I reached out to this uh, manufacturer. They have very little access to this information. Um, I got the sample. I created several samples using it until it was the right width to, to work the right way um, and hold the right way. Because there's very spe special instructions too on the way that it's sewn on in order for it to actually catch and work and open when it's supposed to. So that was just the material aspect of all my trials. Um, what, what eventually happened once I had the idea in my mind, I was like, well, now I need somebody to actually make this for me. Um, and then I met somebody, Fluke, and this was just crossing paths. I was at a water polo meet for my son with parents and the wife of a pediatrician um, actually created her own product and was working on getting it launched and going. And she was like very much farther along, you know, in her process. She introduced me to somebody um, who only does product launching. So what she did was she introduced me to the world of what she herself, this person who owned this company, she interviewed me for 30 minutes. She asked me about my product. She said she let me know whether or not my product was too unrealistic or not different enough where she didn't feel like she could help me. So that 30-minute consult was free to find out whether or not I had a chance. And then we started from the beginning. You need to do a patent search. You need to see if there's any designs out there that are too similar to yours. Um, but you don't know who to call, you know. So through her, you find your patent attorney. Through her, I found my um, trademark person. And between those two, you need to make sure that everything's secure. Because once you get your idea out there, you don't want anybody else to use your idea. Um, and then the creation process to perfect it. So she had somebody who was really good who you know, put me in contact with the seamstress. Um, with the seamstress, it's the same thing. You have to learn as you go, um, make sure that she signs the NDA and that she's not sharing your idea. And there's things like patterns that you have to create. So when it comes to clothing and textile, it's very specific. I can't really speak about any other type of baby product, um, but specifically with textile, there's a lot of steps because you have to create an actual tech pack too. So I needed a tech pack designer, which was the design that the factory at some point would follow. Um, and so, she, you know, I have to say like it all came back to me having somebody who actually helps people launch their product. So she had all of the resources and I found out that she had all the resources because she herself was a person who started from scratch and invented her own successful products and knew what it took and how hard it was to do it because there's, I mean, you have to know so many people and you have to be able to trust the people that you're reaching out to that, that they actually know what they're doing. So she has this whole huge portfolio now over the years of doing it. And so she was able to put me in touch with all the people that I needed to get in touch with to step me along the way. And so once that was done, finding the right factory and finding the right pricing, and she explained to me, you have to know your budget. You have to know where your product is going to sell and what the fine, you know, what the fine line is for uh, making money still at the end of it because you're going to sell wholesale. So you need to be able to make enough money by the time all is said and done. So that was a whole other thing. So not only do I have to know materials now and how to sew and how to design, now I had to learn about business and what they expect and what MAP means. I mean, there are. What so does MAP mean? What does that mean? Oh gosh. So you can't. 
you can't promise like a big retailer like Target, you can't tell them that, um, you know, they have to sell the product or you're selling the product for $54.99 in my case, and then go and sell it to somebody else and lower that product and sell it with them for $49.99 because it undercuts their ability to sell the product. So you come to an agreeable, agreed amount, they can go above it if they want, that's up to them, but they can't go below. So MAP is, is they, there's a way, I guess, an algorithm and a way to check to make sure that all of your stores are selling it at least at your, you know, what you're selling it to the wholesalers and your boutiques and stores. So um, it's, it's like, I could go, I mean, I think this is something that I could go on and on about for like two hours in the different versions, but um, I think I kind of skipped over your question, which was what was, what was the hardest part or what? Yeah. I- like what, what challenges? And, and I guess like part of the answer is I think you just had to learn as you went, right? Like <laughs> it sounds to me like every single thing that you did to create this product was new for you at each stage of the game. Is that right? It, everything was very new. The only thing I knew I knew was that my product worked and that I had trust, you know, and that I believed in my product. And after that, it was, I mean, I had people who say it's not just about having a good product, you know, and so then you were deterred a little bit. They're like, you could have a great product, but if you can't get people to know about it, you know, that, then you could fail that way too. So well, that I think, I think that that's absolutely right. You know, you could have the greatest product in the world, but if nobody knows that it exists, then how can you sell it? And, you know, I say that all the time about our work as sleep consultants, you can be really, really good at sleep training babies and establishing boundaries with toddlers and preschoolers. But if you don't know how to connect with your perspective audience, then how are you going to have a business, right? So I guess there's a lot of parallels, whether you're in a service-based business or a product-based business. Ultimately, you know, I say the same thing about the work that we do. When I train new sleep consultants, every single thing that they are doing as they're starting their businesses, for most of them, it's completely brand new. Like nobody's an expert at this when they first get started, right? Yeah. And and I think that that was the case for you, right? You started with a knowledge of like bare minimum, right? Like you, as you said, you knew your product was good, but mm-hmm. other than that, you didn't know anything. And you literally figured it out one baby step at a time until yes. you got to where you are now, which is that Still you're learning. selling this product, you're selling it direct to consumer and- uh, in retail stores. Is that correct? Yes. Um, right now we have it in over 55 boutiques and then we have it in Target and Bye Bye Baby. So we just finally launched it with those two. I mean, it, it's even that, you know, you think when they say yes, that, oh, yeah, you won. No, it's a whole process, even just getting things up and going in the stores because there's a lot of steps. There's a lot, there's insurances. And then that's a whole other thing in the baby world, um, trying to find an insurance company that's good that will cover a baby product. Um, so there's just, I think every step of the way, it was mind blowing. I mean, it's, it's very expensive, um, no matter how well you try to budget. Um, it's, you know, uh, very, uh, very hard on the family, I would say, because not only am I still working as a newborn care specialist, I'm also, you know, still a mother of four and still a wife. And so this product, you ha- if you believe in your product, that's that's got to be your your way of succeeding because if you don't have that deep, deep, deep passion for it and you don't know, you know, through your heart and soul that it's a good product, it's not worth what you have to go through. So at some point you won't do it. 
I mean, honestly, because it is a lot. It's a big sacrifice and everybody has to be on board and it doesn't matter. You really do. I can't stress enough. You really have to have a good support system. You have to have everybody on your side willing to do what they have to do to help, you know, you be successful because without my husband doing the computer part of it and without my daughter doing the social media part of it and helping me to do the things where I fell short, honestly, as, as a mother, you know, there were things I couldn't do all the time that I needed to do. I, I couldn't pick up my daughter from school sometimes, or I needed to sleep a little bit before I had to go back to work. And so that there's a lot of challenges and, you know, finding for me, the hardest part is finding a balance between doing this, still being that responsible parent who, you know, my children are my life. So being a mother is everything to me. And so that's why I enjoy helping parents so much because I know how much family means. And so this product is so much more to me than a business. It's not some thing where I woke up one day and I said, oh, how am I going to make a huge amount of money? It was at a necessity that I felt like everybody can utilize this type of a, a swaddle. So if I'd have to say the one thing that's the hardest thing for me and getting through my mind is where you draw the line and, and where you can still feel confident that you're headed in the right direction. Was there anything that happened during the entire course of getting this product launched that just was like the biggest blow that made you feel like, ugh, like I'm ready to burn it all to the ground? Or was each little thing a tiny little learning lesson and then you moved on? I mean, financially, yes, because when you're dealing, although I tried very hard and at this point I'm not where I, I can feasibly, I tried 15 different states within the US to try to keep it within the US, the product. It was impossible, especially with the increased prices. Um, and so one of the hardest things for me is not being present or in a, in it's overseas, the product. So I've made mistakes that cost me quite a lot of money um, where I didn't double check certain things because I took for granted that it would be done per the tech pack. And so, yes, have I, but I think the biggest and the hardest challenge for me till this day is, you know, um, the family aspect of it and trying to balance it all. Yeah. So. Uh, because this podcast is all about business building and entrepreneurship, I would love to hear from you what sort of like mental blocks have gotten in the way of you growing this little business of yours. I know that you've mentioned that just trying to like stay afloat for your family has been a big one, but are there any other sort of like, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about whether it be imposter syndrome or just fear of failure or like what, what sort of things go through your mind that get in the way of you carrying on? And then like, how do you plow through that and, and keep going? I, I think it would it's a little more personalized than maybe a broad like business perspective. But for me, it, it was that I, I'm not good at social media. I don't like public speaking. I don't, um, being challenged and going up in front of the very people that are in your industry and you know that they know their stuff and you know that it, you know, the fear of, what they're going to think about your product. Like, are they going to actually love it? Do they, do they think it's a good product? Because if they don't like it, then maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Because I want their support and their feedback, especially being specialists are very, very important to me. And I have to say, I was up in front at a vendor show right before I went to the NCS conference with, um, with Tanya 
the 2022 conference, which was amazing, by the way. But when I went there, I, I right before it, I went to ABC Expo in Las Vegas, which is one of the biggest ones that you want to go to when you already have a product to show for children. Um, and I was placed in front of, you know, over a thousand people that I had to show my product to. And that was nowhere near as anxiety ridden for me as it was going into NCS. I, you know, that was like where it was the real deal. And I knew that that was where I was going to learn to truly like trust my product. And it's crazy to me because I had already gotten into all those stores, but even that didn't matter to me if my fellow NCSs didn't also believe in my product. So I would say that that was, that was huge for me. And if they didn't, then that might've been the biggest roadblock for me. Yeah. Well, I can say, I can vouch for the fact that I know that the NCS community is behind you because that's how I learned about you was, you know, (laughs) they were all bragging about your butterfly swaddle. And I'm like, what is this butterfly swaddle? I have to figure out what this is. And I went to your website and I saw that you have this legitimate product and business and this whole thing. And to me, to me, it was really eye-opening to see, you know, you never really think about the people behind these products, right? Like there's so many different products, you know, whether baby related or not, that we believe in, love, vouch for, you know, every single day. And there are people and families behind them. And, you know, I, I went to your website and then I met you and you're just, you're just like, you're an NCS that created this product. And I just think that's so cool that, that you figured this out and, you know, you're out there doing it. And, you know, so many people like you and I are sitting home or we're sitting in other people's homes, supporting their families. And we have these ideas about how to make our lives easier or our jobs more efficient. And we're all thinking about things and not doing them. And here you are like, you actually did it. And and I just think that's super awesome. And, and I love that. And, and the NCS community is definitely behind your product. I know they are. And, and that just that makes so. me so happy. That on, has been, I, I, you know, I have to tell you in, in all honesty to God, like I can say that no matter what ends up happening with the product, no matter how far it goes, just having had lived through, and it won't cry, um, <laughs> it supports that I've had through the NCS community has been huge. And That's amazing. It's all worth it. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And and I am just excited that we connected. And it's funny when I reached out to you and asked you if you wanted to be on the podcast, you sort of expressed to me <laughs> that like, you don't really like to be in the limelight. You're nervous about speaking publicly. And I was like, well, too bad. Like, we're going to talk, you <laughs> yes, know? Thank you. And and I think, you know, so I think it's important to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. So I'm glad that I sort of uh, <laughs> didn't give you an out because yeah. I think it's really important to get out there and share your story. Uh, but I also think it's a huge learning lesson for everybody listening that, you know, even really successful people uh, have roadblocks and mental blocks and things that feel hard. And I always say sort of like the difference between people who have success and people who don't. The successful people just like get out there and do it anyway, even when it feels really hard, you know, and you just keep going and sometimes you fail and sometimes you don't and you just keep trying. And that's the difference between failure and success, I think. It's 100%. Having my husband stand behind me and knowing what is on the line and saying, look, you need to do this. I support you. I believe in the product. And I know that if you don't do it, you'll regret it. 
So just let's, you know, keep pushing forward until we have a reason not to. And so again, I can't, I can't stress enough how important the support behind you is and to try your best for the few negatives that might come out at the beginning, like, why don't you just invest in property or all those lovely <laughs> pieces of advice? Um, you know, try not to listen to those, like keep, keep at it, keep focused, refocus yourself, listen to the people who, you know, who you trust in your life to like, you know, go back and forth with them and, and listen to their advice. And don't think that you know better than everybody. Also take everybody's, you know, advice into, into consideration, because that has been huge for me too. you know, listening to people's feedback along the way. What are your goals for the coming months? Um, do you have any plans to create other products or are you just sort of going all in on the butterfly swaddle? It's so hard because I'm one of those like, oh, I can't wait to do this and this and like just to kind of baby the product itself and uh, make a family of it. But um, I am, my first thing will be to kind of add, it will all be along the sleep line. Um, and so I'm adding right now, actually in November, should be coming out a, uh, everything goes smoothly, a sleep sack, a wearable blanket. Um, and it's going to be like the next stage. Basically, you finish with the swaddle stage. And this is a safe wearable blanket, which a lot of people already know and use. Um, it's just my version with my quality and my, you know, my extra touch to it. So very, very soft and yummy. <laughs> Perfect. Where can everybody learn more about the butterfly swaddle and perhaps connect with you if they'd like to learn more about your product and also just the process of of creating a product and and growing a business a product based business. So directly for my product, uh, our website is thebutterflyswaddle.com. and then at Facebook, uh, it's a, it, Facebook and Instagram. It's at thebutterflyswaddle.com. and for the business, I I kind of gave her a heads up, so <laughs> I told her I'd mention her. Um, she's wonderful, very reliable, which you need. And her name is um, Kelly IV, and her website is uh, K I V I E at uh, K I V I E Consulting dot com. Okay, and this is the person who helped you to bring your product to market. Yes, and she has okay, a wonderful perfect. graphics designer. She has like there's every resource that you can get. She'll help you through. Okay, so for anybody that's interested in creating their own product, I'm going to leave her information in the show notes so that you can reach out um, and check out the Butterfly Swaddle on their website directly. And Monica, thank you so much for being willing to share your story and tell us all about your journey that you've been on. And I cannot wait to see what you do next. Congrats on all of your success. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for helping me do this. <laughs> of course, of course. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode. <laughs>